Welcome to Sea Time, everybody, the off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. Brian Pierce, your host for this fine Tuesday evening. Sea Time, the online show for the off-road enthusiasts. We're the beer drinking. Bench racing show that brings you all the off-road news for all you crazy fanatics out there to enjoy. This is episode 210. That's like 210 if you're into math. That's how numbers work. They add up to a certain number, and that's the number that we're at. Sorry, I'm wiping a little bit of beer head off of my computer. It got weird there to start things off, but that's okay. So Steven's checking on everything. We think we've got a couple of the kinks worked out, but if we don't, we apologize. Things may just come to a crashing halt, and it could be a horrible evening for all of us, but we're going to find out. After tomorrow, though, we're going to the Mac store, and we're going to say, suck it to the man. Actually, the man's probably going to have to say, suck it to us, huh? He's going to be like, take my money. Or give us your money. But what's going to be fun about this evening is we've kind of like talked a lot about Erzberg and everything that's gone on tonight. We're going to get the stories from two dudes that had a fantastic time over there. Cody Webb, who got second place, and then Hunter Newworth, who got 94th. Let me rephrase that. Nope, nope, nope. He got 94th. Uh, he got to the 12th check-in. That's where I was like, what is going on? OMG. But, so... <laughs> Um, it's going to be a great time. I'm really looking forward to this. Hunter Newworth is going to be on first because he's obviously East Coast. Cody Webb's going to be on about 8.30-ish. Uh, I don't know. Hunter may like to talk a lot. We'll see how it goes. But, of course, Seat Time is brought to you not just by myself and Stephen Rice, who is the producer behind the scenes, but by Fly Racing, Kenda Tire, and SRT Off-Road. Don't know anything about those guys? Fly Racing, you can find out more at flyracing.com. It is summer. I mean, not officially, like technically, but if you're in Texas, you've realized that all of the crazy rain we got last week, well, it's done. And it is starting to become warm, 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 warm. So wear your kinetic mesh gear, go to your local dealer, check it out at flyracing.com. Make sure you get some of that stuff from Fly Racing. Of course, Kinda Tires, Kinda Tire USA, you can find them, kindatire.com. You run the good rubbers when you ride your motorcycles. And the way to do that is to ride Kinda Tire. What's even more, more fantastic, you can learn about all the models that they have on their website, or you can go to your local dealer, which is where we like the support as it is. And then SRT Off-Road, as we talk about what you wear on your bike, the kicks that you might put on your motorcycle, well, then you got to protect it as well, and that's what SRT Off-Road does for you. They give you a lot of different ways to protect your motorcycle and, of course, third-party uh, after-part kind of things to replace things as you break them because we all know if you're going to ride like Hunter, you're going to break shit. You know, It's like Hunter's fast, but when you try to keep up with Hunter, you crash like I do, and it's just shit gets weird. So I don't know. I don't know. Remember, uh, I, as I say, remember we have a chat room. I'm actually going to open it up because I don't have it open right now. So people are probably, well, no, fuck that, whatever. There's like two people in there. Ah, Christopher Luton also has a chat. I see you. Holla. And we got somebody by the name of Chuck. I don't know which Chuck that is, but he's probably not Chuck Long Henry. We'll see. No, it probably is. Oh, is it? Is he your best friend? Chuck Long Henry? Yeah, dude. I like it. You know he's going to be in Colorado with us this summer. Where? Why aren't you riding with us in Colorado? Dude, I don't know. I didn't get the invite. Well, I guess you did. The whole internet got the invite, man. What are you talking about? All right, well, let's get this shit going. So, of course, we got the chat room, tlk.io slash seat time. You can, and if you hate 
the way I look, and you dislike the way I sound, but you can put up with that part of it, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Literally before we went live, somebody was on the website in one of the other episodes. Why don't you guys have you know, a podcast? Like, we do. We've had a podcast for five years. We've been doing this for five years. We've had a podcast the whole fucking time. So go to iTunes, search for Seat Time. Go to Stitcher, search for Seat Time. Whatever it is that you use, go do that. And listen to the show after the fact if you, again, disenjoy my face. I apologize that I am as ugly as I am. And I hopefully you enjoyed uh, my daughter last week. That was so much fun having Kaylin on. We got a lot of comments about how just how much of a fun guest she was. Sure, she doesn't race dirt bikes, but the thing is, is she was just a fun guest to have. So when she's back in town from hanging out with her dad, we'll definitely have her back on. So let's get into this shit. Mr. Hunter Newworth, now that you're back in town, have you... Cleaned up all of your underwear and removed all of the poop stains from all the craziness that you did while you were in the Erzberg at the Iron Giant. The Iron Giant, baby. Something else, I'll tell you that. Yeah, something okay. else. So just give me a give me a little bit of give me some uh, give me some little bits. Like I mean, like I saw you drinking beer. That in yeah. itself seemed pretty damn epic. Yeah. Well, I mean, the drinking age over there is like fifteen and. I mean, I don't know. You might as well enjoy it a little bit. Oh, sure. no. I, I, You know me, buddy. I ain't got no qualms. I'm obviously in the Americas. I'm not going to serve you because of the fact that it's illegal. I'm not your father. I can't degenerate you that easily in life. I have to, uh, have to go to your father for that beforehand. But, yeah, I mean, I remember in London, I think I was 16 years old. I was able to go to the pub. We had a beer. It was amazing times. Um, but what's more interesting is let's talk about what brought you to Erzberg this year. So Erzberg, last year you went, you rented the Husky, and you went up to the line. You qualified. You were on the third row. You're getting ready to kick a lot of ass, and then you go, holy shit, my front axle's <laughs> loose, right? Now. It was the rear axle nut, yeah. How do you even see that? You're in the front of the bike. How do you you notice that? Uh, Someone pointed it out in some other language. I just saw them pointing, and I was like, all right, well, it's going to be a really long day. And then, yeah, it just went downhill and uphill a lot, and then downhill again. And then, yeah, it was kind of a bummer. but, But, I mean, we came back this past year with a lot more, um. Like we kind of had an idea of of what we had to train for, and it definitely went a lot better this year. I mean, we qualified first row, and that was huge for sure. Dude, I think I think the fact that you qualified twenty fifth out of all those dudes is pretty pretty darn epic. Like I am, like I was impressed. Like any of the times that we've ridden together, you know, at TKO when you passed me, and then. Other times at TCCRA when you passed me, and then some of the the, uh, the Toro stuff, where you know where you passed me, like all those times that you were passing me, like I was always yeah. impressed. I was like that kid's fast; it looks good. <laughs> but then the fact that you go, and so I knew that you were gonna be, that you were gonna do well. I didn't have any qualms about the fact. That I honestly like going, oh man, qualifying for the first row. I mean, that's like the fat, the top. 50 fastest guys during the entire prologue at the event. 1,800 riders, top 50. Top 50. Like, that's not even, what is that? Is that 1%? Is that 2%? I mean, that's like, that's pretty intense, dude. Like, I don't, again, don't do math. So when that, when you're like, holy shit, I'm in the top 50, but then you're also top 25, I mean, that's a whole other sliver down, you know, to, to where you were. How do you kind of process that? And it, did you oh. did you literally just chug a beer at that moment in time? 
No, no, actually, because I had thought that I did really bad because I made a couple mistakes and I was like, oh, you know, I kind of blew my first run. But then, like, when I saw how how good it actually was, I was I was definitely pretty pumped. And my dad always says, he's like, sometimes when it feels terrible, you're actually going really fast. Right. So, so I mean, yeah, I mean, it was good. And I didn't drink or nothing like that. I drank one beer to, to make fun of Mark Weeks. And then uh, just, uh, yeah, just kind of enjoyed it. And I ate a lot of food that night because I was just so pumped. And I, I always eat a lot when I'm really, really happy. So Right. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, I mean, we lined up on Sunday. And, uh, uh, and the fun really began. God, yeah, for sure, man. So let's go back to that Mark Weeks uh, when you were making fun of Mark Weeks. The only the only qualm I have about that is I don't think you made the beer gut large enough. <laughs> yeah, I definitely should have stuffed another pillow under there. For sure. <laughs> you know, yeah, just a couple pebbles. You know, we'll just spice it up a little bit. Uh, no, but Mark Weeks is a great dude. Don't mean to make we're not we're joshing with you, bro. Don't get your panties in yeah, your wad. We're just joshing, just yeah. joshing, bro. Just joshing, man. We're totally Westies. Um, so all right, let's okay. So let's talk this through, Dove. So in this program where you rent a husky for the event, what is yeah. the, what what does that look like in the sense? Do you do they do a lot of help? Uh, do you get a lot of help from them, or is it kind of like you show up, you pick up a bike, and then it's all it's all on you until you return it? Uh, they definitely help out a lot. Like I mean, they'll change out anything that you brought with you, or like you're not comfortable with the bike. Like they'll definitely work with you all the time until it's perfect. I mean, it was kind of. It's kind of tough this year because we didn't bring any extra parts or anything. It was just a bone sock husky, and uh, and I mean we set sag and then we just ran it and we got pretty lucky with the bike. I mean, it was definitely a lot different for me because um, I mean it kind of is a KTM, but it's not at the same time. Like it felt totally different, like all the controls and everything. It just felt weird and. And it took a couple of days to get used to, but yeah, the uh, the uh, Max Power people helped me out the the whole time. I mean, if I needed something changed, they would change it without even second guessing. And yeah, it was definitely a big help. I highly recommend them if you want to rent a bike and go and go try the rodeo. Go do Erzberg. So was this was this what like if we were to make a relation to it to something in the states? Would this be kind of like KR four where they have a partnership with Husky, but it's KR four that you're renting the bike from, and it just so happens to be a Husky that they own? Or is this something that you're doing that is that is I guess legitimate, you know, international Husqvarna, but it's just run by the MX Power people we were just talking about? Oh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I mean, I know all they rent is Huskies, so I'm assuming that they have a deal with Husky. I have no idea. I really don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I got no idea. Again, whenever you get into that point in life, you just go, it sounds like math. I'm not good at math, so I'm going to bow down. Okay? That's, it, yeah. works for, it works for me every single time. So, uh, yeah, so Steven's got to tell me that i got to keep wiggling my mic around because my cable might be a little bit loose. Um, well, dude, yeah, okay. So then 
I want to know a little bit. We talk, we've talked about what you eat before races. We've talked about how you warm up and all that kinds of stuff. In, in this degree, what changed for you? Did anything change? I mean, in, in your, you know, in the way that you prepare for the, you know, the green flag. Uh, you know, the, the, the biggest thing for me was really, it sounds kind of crazy, but like, I mean, this whole season has kind of gone not the greatest kind of leading up to the rodeo. Like I didn't have any real solid, um, uh, races. Uh, and it was really just cause it wasn't kind of riding for myself. I wasn't really having fun. Like I was having fun, but I was so like, so much pressure was put on myself cause I kind of like I kind of got a taste of what it was like to be pretty fast last year. And then I kind of thought I could come out swinging this year and it just, it all got to my head. But, but then at the rodeo, you know, I just had no expectations, nothing, just, just had fun. And it just, it kind of, just, it brought back the old hunter that just, you know, just rode for fun and just, just enjoyed beating the crap out of himself. I <laughs> <laughs> think that that's, uh, a huge understatement for what you physically went through and, and then mechan- mechanically what you put your bike through before oh, we yeah. totally get for how shit just snowballed out of control for you. Um, but still having a phenomenal time and a good finish. Um, talk to me about the, the start. I want to say that this looked like a very smart start to the Erzberg rodeo. And I don't mean that per se for you as a rider, I mean the way the layout, because typically they would have you would you know you that row of fifty, and they would take that huge ninety uh, one eighty right, yeah. and then as they're going back, then they just like like all like ragdoll into a hill, and if you're yeah. if you're the top if you're the top ten guys and you've got the talent, you're just you're up a hill, and then but then the problem is if the one guy makes a mistake, he takes out twenty dudes. Right. Oh yeah. You know, in, in that first fifty, but it didn't look like that this year. This year we got a little bit more of a quote-unquote moto start, where you know it's kind of like go, okay, go, take a left, take a right. We're hitting a road for a little bit, so the speed demons that really do have legitimate technical speed that can corner well can kind of start getting to the front. I mean, tip, that's gonna be the fast guys, and it was. Um, but then you get to a hill climb, so it let everybody spread out just a skosh bit more. Did I read that correctly? I mean, did that help? Did that work? Is it, was it even? Yeah. Did you make it to that first climb before you ate shit? Like, talk us through it. <laughs> yeah, no the the start this year was definitely good. I mean, I don't know if they changed it because I know Taddy got hurt last year on that hill, and um, I don't know if that had anything to do with it or not. But but I mean, this year was definitely a lot safer, and it was a lot faster but like it had a nice flow to it and i mean the puddles kind of sucked because like man if you were next to someone oh you got slammed with water like yep you felt like you were drowning for a second you had the wrong people getting you wet i understand yeah Mm-hmm. and then uh yeah but it was kind of cool you know because you could kind of work your way through the field a little bit and um and before you got to like the uh the three hill climbs the that they had in the, uh, uh, rocket ride, I think on, on Thursday, um, the field was a little bit more spread out. So you had kind of a, an idea of where you were going to hit the hills, you know? So, so it was good for sure. Yeah. I like the start a lot more, a lot more, more better. I like the start a lot better this year. More better, more better, better, more better-ish. Um, 
I just think it really it did exactly that. I think it spread everybody out a little bit more. So when everybody hit that first hill, they weren't literally still next to each other. And I think yeah. that that was a big a big deal. You know, everybody was just a tad bit in kind of not that they had figured out the pecking order by any means, but at least they weren't like literally shoulder to shoulder as they're trying to go up this hill. Like people could actually pick lines. Um, and obviously, yeah. if you're in the top 50 people, you're you're decent at this kind of stuff. You know, you've got some you've got some you've shown enough talent to get to the top 50. Um, and this just dawned on me in your eyes, though, with the prologue and everything you went through to get to the front row. Do you feel like it actually was a good test? to get the right people in the front or was it just the people that were fast at certain things? Um, I definitely think it, it kind of separated the faster guys. Um, like it, that prologue is gnarly, dude. Like it's just, you're pegged like for the whole time you're wide open and it gets kind of sketchy. So, I mean, if, I mean, there's nothing real crazy technical in it. So, I mean, a lot of the moto guys do really good in it, for sure. I mean, there's some rock sections, but it's nothing, like, crazy. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely – it just it shows who who belongs on the front row because a lot of times if you're really fast in the prologue stuff, I mean, you can ride woods pretty good, I'm sure. So, yeah, it definitely separates – um, in a really good way. Right on. We did add uh, Mr. Chuck Long Henry in the chat room was asking about how was the how old was the oldest racer that qualified, if you know, and then how did he do? Again, if you know. I don't. I have no idea. Yeah, they have, I mean, I would, in, in all of the I, stuff that you can filter when looking at the results, age is not one of them, Chuck. Yeah. Apologies. I mean, probably, honestly. <laughs> Jarvis is getting up there, man. <laughs> and he won it. What? <laughs> yeah. He laid it down for sure. That's fantastic. Oh my gosh, talk about laying it down. Yeah, like watching him. Uh, I did. I did uh, get a chance to watch the replay. You know, I woke up. I woke up as it was ending. So I like what you know when it started. I was like thirty minutes from Jarvis finishing, and I was like, nope. So I just started at the beginning. Yeah, and watched most of it, and you know he did fantastic. He wasn't really at the front at the beginning, but that's not really ever his style. You know, he's not that he's not that crazy dude like you're talking about. That's going to be you know fifth gear pinned in the prologue, and that's why yeah. you know 26 is respectable for him in when in qualifying. But then obviously look at the way that he he wins the events. He just gets out. And he just becomes a you know like a locomotive and just goes. He doesn't yeah. ever really get stopped by anything. Nothing deters him. Uh, so it's really, really interesting to watch that that dynamic that he puts out there. So take us through now. We got about ten more minutes before we got to go and then talk with Mr. Cody Webb. But so you, you've you've got stories upon stories, and so talk to oh, us yeah. about just some of the, the the highlights, man, for sure. Like some bitch and checkpoints. Did anybody flash their boobies? I mean, did you <laughs> said that you got a chance to drink a beer on the hill. I mean, all kinds of fun stuff. I mean. Well, the first thing that happened was, was, you know, the crash, like maybe, I don't know, five, ten minutes into the race. I just, I totally yard sailed just, you know, like this, just like that over the bars. So tell us again, how, how, what was that, five minutes into the race? Like, what, where was this? Yeah, like, well, actually, probably a little farther, probably ten minutes, honestly. It was before check one, I think. 
I don't really remember exactly, but um, yeah, it was it just it was on a fast cart road, and and it was in the prologue. It was it was just a hill and the rocks that kind of started to show up, and uh, I don't know, the rear end just started bouncing, and and then the front end just stopped, and it just tucked, and I just went right over the bars like flat on my face and the bike just came and landed right on me and just just kept rolling and it totally exploded my whole camelback and uh and i mean i was i'm pretty thankful that i had that though because it probably saved my back from uh from pretty big injuries uh but uh, yeah. yes i would imagine so <laughs> yeah. i mean it took a while to get going though like like i was on my hands and knees for like two minutes on the side of the track just like just like making sure I can move. <laughs> <laughs> I unfortunately have uh, quite a few recurrences of. Uh, I'm recollecting some memories of understanding exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah. It's that it's that body check, that mental like, where am I at in the world? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, but uh, then after that, I got going, and the the next row or two had already passed me because, like I said, I was down for for a while and. And I got going, and the bike was all all jacked up. Like, like the throttle cable was like hanging out of the housing, so the throttle was like really inconsistent. My front wheel was all all tweaked up, the forks, everything. So I just I just rode it, and uh, and I got to the first kind of hard section. It was a tunnel section. It's it just like it's a it's a little rocky, you know. It's a riverbed that goes through a tunnel, and it's pretty gnarly and. Uh, and it was all all just completely bottlenecked. So I went off the track like 10 feet just trying to pass people and try and kind of make up a little bit of time. And then I somehow punctured a hole in my radiator. I have no idea how. And all my coolant just started leaking out of my exhaust pipe. And I'm like inhaling this this freaking antifreeze steam. And, and I'm like barely moving. So I'm getting dizzy from that. And then finally when it was all gone... I came to a creek and and a guy had a water bottle. I just filled it up with creek water and and filled up the bike and then uh, kept going and then I made it to my dad. Yeah, and I made it to my dad. My dad at the top of Three Kings, the the hill climb there, and and he went to pop the cap off. Like he thought the the uh, pressure was totally relieved and and it wasn't. It was not. So it was not. He popped it off. All that water went right in my face and it was boiling hot. And like, dude, I, I thought I was done right there because it was it was hot, dude, and and it sucks. Well, it's <laughs> and, a good uh, thing it was water because if it had been actually antifreeze, like all the oh, oh, yeah. I see everything happens for a reason, you know. So, um, so I got going from that and uh, just kind of did what I could. It was real tough with all the bottlenecks, but. I made it through pretty far and, and, and I, uh, had no water. I drank uh, a sip of some dude's Coca-Cola and half a beer in the four hours. And I was like, dude, I don't, I wouldn't drink beer when I ride if I didn't have to, like, dude, I felt like I was going to pass out. Yeah, no, at that point it literally, the water in the beer, like when they were like, Oh, that's water and beer. That's what you needed more, and your body didn't give a shit. It was like, yes, thank you. Like, yeah. I want and, you in me. And I mean, I was so, like, uh, uh, depleted and, 
so yeah, I drank that. I I love the fans, you know. So I was just like, I love Austria, you know, just, just kind of just making everybody happy. And um, then I kept going, and let's just say the next few miles were a little bit interesting. Um, and then uh, what happened after that? I don't know. Just kept going, just kept going, and then then when the time limit was up. Um, actually I had enough time to, to get to the finish at one point, but the bottlenecks were just so bad. Like I lost a good hour worth of riding time just from sitting. Cause it's just like wheel to wheel. And you're just, just kind of like on the side of a mountain and there's just nowhere to go. Yep. And then, I mean, they're all kind of done racing. And I mean, like me, like I wanted to keep going, but like, it was just, everyone just kind of sitting on the trail with their helmets off and, and then you go and try and get around them and they get all pissed off and they're just like, I thought this was a race, you know, like I want to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's gotta be tough, man. Like, and there's been times, even though I can imagine, I know it's not to the degree degree that you've seen, but even at the TKO, we've seen a little bit of that. There's like really tough hill oh, climbs yeah. and stuff like that. And then you get to a certain point and there's dudes that's just like, you know what? I've tried it two or three times. This is where I've gotten stuck. And I'm not moving my bike, and I'm taking my helmet off right here. And you're like, but you're in the way. Like, yeah, yeah. Like exactly. I, I don't care if you just even move like two feet that way. Like that's cool. Like, but where you're at, yeah. that's what the fudge. Um, the chat room was kind of asking. I thought Chuck's a good question. Were you running a recluse? Um, and if not, that's cool. That must have sucked. Um, but do you yeah. know like were a lot of guys running recluses? I have no idea. I know that I would probably not want an auto clutch out there anyway, just because you don't have as much control. I think personally, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the top dogs are running them. I have no idea. But I know, sure as shit, I would be. Yeah, sure as shit. Okay, so and then Blink in the chat room again was asking, so how hard was the time change for you to get used to sleeping, eating, et cetera, et cetera, or did you go early enough to see your family where that yeah. kind of negated? you know, having the time um, change and stuff. We went a week early, uh, and it actually wasn't that bad. I mean, I didn't sleep much, but, but like, I was never really tired. To be honest, the, the worst part was coming back just because, like, I would get real tired at, like, 5, 6 in the afternoon here and then wake up at, like, 4 in the morning, which is actually kind of nice because I, I never get up that early, you know, but... I mean, now that I'm back here. I mean, why would you? The Lego store opens at what ten? <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. I wish I worked there again. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude. It's uh, it was definitely. I mean, it took a few days for sure to get kind of used to everything. Yeah, and I think uh, I remember we'll we'll talk to Cody Webb about this for sure. But that is, he said. Uh, two years ago, when he did the super, when he kind of started really getting into the super enduro and going over there a lot more, it was that was what he realized, you know, with school schedule and all that kinds of stuff, he just wasn't going to do as good at the super enduros then because of the fact that he couldn't come over early enough to get acquainted to the time change and to really get his body yeah. adapted, and then also because of the food. So even if you get there early enough to say figure out the sleep schedule and get yourself there. Does that mean yeah. you found enough time to find the right grocery stores that you want to go to or the right places to get the kind of food that you know 
your body needs versus the kind of, you know, you don't just want to shove anything into your body at the level that oh, you guys yeah. are performing. So, or you, dude. in this case, four hours of fucking being on a mountain, you want whatever you can put in your mouth. But oh, Dude, I'm telling you, though, like, when I came over there, the food over there is so much better. Like, I felt great from just eating their food, for sure. Like, it was better than here. Yeah, oh, the food over there is epic. Yeah. yeah. When we were at the the ISDE in 2012, yeah, literally at that point they're like, you know, I'm I'm like right in the middle of a being a picky eater. Like I've got my weird things and stuff, but I'm like, eh. yeah. but like over there, I mean, like everything was epic. So yeah, yeah. pretty down. All right, dude. Well, we're gonna have to let you go here in a minute, but just give me some last minute tidbits. Anything you want to shout out? Maybe something I didn't ask you. You know, maybe you caught crabs. I don't know. Whatever it is. Hot crabs, yeah. No, not quite. Um, You're like, bro, I'm 17. It didn't happen, okay? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, the only thing is I really, really got to thank uh, Chuck Wong Henry for sure for all his help and uh, uh, Jerry Bernardo from uh, Focky Racing to, to kind of help me um, uh, get an interview with Red Bull. That was pretty cool. Then, uh, yeah, just... So, I mean, all my sponsors and all my friends, uh, um, Eric Fotheringham from Hammer Nutrition, he gave me all these supplements that really helped me out for sure. So that was, that was sick. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just thankful to be riding dirt bikes, man. I love it. Uh, Chuck was one of the no last minute. Of course. Are you coming to TKO this year? Absolutely. What? Well, the Texas contingency will be there, buddy. Don't you worry. All right. That's what I'm talking about. And don't worry if for some strange freaking reason I qualify again for Sunday, I'm still not doing it. So suck it. <laughs> yeah. I got, right. I got so much shit. I found out that somebody was telling stories about me. They were like that they thought that I went out and partied super hard Saturday night, that I was too hungover to ride on Sunday. And I was like, no. I was like, when I've qualified – my dad was pretty much called me a pussy to my face for not racing on Sunday. And I said, Dad, I didn't come here to race on Sunday. I came here to race on Saturday and take pictures on Sunday because I like doing that. And he's just like, yeah. da, 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 da. And I was like, no, no, it's just, that's not why I came here. And okay, okay, whatever, whatever. And then I come to find out that there's people talking about how drunk I got Saturday night and then I woke up so hungover on Sunday I didn't ride. I was like, <laughs> no, but okay. Yeah, you suck it. Dude, whatever works, man. Whatever keeps it fun. I know. That's the thing. Is that's the, I had That was one of the best weekends I had riding in a super long time, minus Sea Time Adventures in Colorado, especially that summer. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I had so much fun. And, I, like, everything I wanted to accomplish, I accomplished that weekend. It's like, hell, yeah, that's a win. You know what I mean? For sure. I feel you. All right, buddy. Well, thanks for being you. I'm glad you had a great time. And we'll just Definitely. have to we'll just have to see if we can continue to raise enough money to get you back there next year, and then yeah. uh, and then hopefully this time you can actually keep your bike upright for the first uh, ten fifteen minutes of the event. Yeah, for sure. And who knows? Who knows what'll happen, man? It'll be sick for sure, though. You're like I'm chasing you down, Jarvis. I'm coming, sexy oh, yeah. man. For sure, man. I like <laughs> it, dude. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. We will definitely be yeah, chatting man, with you soon. You. Yeah. Sounds good. Peace. Peace. <laughs> All 
All right. Well, as we go ahead and get uh, Cody Webb uh, up here on the show, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about Dirt Buzz that's been going on this past weekend. So we had the Full Gas Sprint Enduro in Tennessee, Altmont, Tennessee, and Josh Drain got the overall Russell Bobbitt in second and Lane Michael in third. Uh, it was neat because it said that everybody thought that it was going to be a mutter and the rain was coming in, all this kinds of crazy stuff, but... One of the things was is it didn't hit when they thought. So as they said, Saturday was super epic, and most of Sunday was pretty bitching. But the rain did kind of come in there at the last back half of the weekend. So that kind of sucked for everybody. But it's funny looking at the video that uh, uh, Mason Raider put together and the pictures is the rain is coming down as they're taking the pictures. So it was kind of interesting to see. Uh, we did have the Baja 500 this past weekend, and I wanted to get a little bit more in-depth on some of the, the stuff that went down, but I'm going to do a little more research, and that might be something I'm going to go into next week. Um, I, I knew that there were a couple deaths this past weekend, riders and spectators. Um, but again, I kind of want to learn more about that. Eric Kudla and myself have been talking a lot behind the scenes, but I want to talk to some more people that were there as well, um, just so I'm a bit more educated, so I can you know kind of bring that information to you guys. But in the Mo- in the Pro Moto Unlimited, uh, Colton Udall and Mark Samuels got the win, and then it was 45x. That got second, 37X in third, 3X in fourth, and fifth was 10X, which was Skyler Howes and Joe Watson. It's good to see that. We did have the Idaho City 100 ISE qualifier this past weekend. Um, There was a ton of LOI dudes. Uh, I think over a hundred. It was crazy. So great to see those guys kicking butt. The, and that race is so much fun. If you haven't been to it, go to it. The OMAs round three this past weekend in Missouri. Holy shit! Overall, Stuart Baylor Jr. second place, Mike Witkowski, and third, Adam Bonier. Good job, Mike Witkowski. I'm, ever since he's come on seat time, he's just been a badass. Just like Cody Webb, like back in the day when he was a nobody. He comes on seat time now. He's a fucking badass. It's fucking amazing. Um, we had all kinds of racing. So East Coast Enduro Association. We saw Brock. Kepler do also Craig DeLong, Kyle McDonald, and Matthew Kiefer, and then Appalachian Championship Enduro Series. Brock Hepler, Nick Ferringer, and Robbie Jinx, which is crazy because Nick Ferringer did an OMA and then went to the other event. And oh my God, Stephen, what is that noise? Hey, Cody, are you on the beach? I, th- I think you're having mic issues or something. Are you on the beach? Are you at your house? Uh, I'm, at my, I'm at my house right now. I like it. Because all of a sudden, we just got this awesome seashell kind of noise. I was like, oh, my God, the waves are crashing here. It's like, you must have been... I, I got a fan running in the background, so it might be that. Oh, it probably tried to pick it up and think that that was the audio. It's like, oh, yeah, that's okay, let's go with it. <laughs> yeah. No, that wasn't it. All right, dude, well... We just got done talking with Hunter Newworth, who finished 94th at Erzberg you know, this year. He made it to checkpoint 12. You made it through all the checkpoints, and you finished second. So to say that you did better is a, is a fact. <laughs> that, that's, just, that's how it worked out. But I think that you know, he had amazing stories of, of everything from the way that he arrived and got to hang out with family members that still live in Austria to you know, get, collecting his bike, doing fantastic at the prologue, to then all the trials and tribulations of trying to finish the event. But you, on the other hand, you did, ju- you did that much more and were pretty much a badass at the event. You were in th- as, we, as the event kind of went on, it looked like you were going to be in third, but then Lazy Noon was one of those situations where the, uh, 
the luckier man came out on top. And we're going to talk about this because I really want to know what you think about it because watching it on the video, it was just like, oh, my God, is anybody besides Jarvis going to actually make this climb? Um, but then to come out second and then what you told me about Alfredo's heart rate and the fact of how many calories he's burned, like super intense. So overall, just tell me, though, did you have fun at Erzberg this year? I mean, <laughs> it's like, what do you call fun? <laughs> I, I had fun in the beginning of the race. I don't know. Like, I didn't get the best start, but, you know, I was kind of up near the front getting pelted with rocks. It felt like I was at a paintball match. And uh, the next thing you know, everyone was just eating crap everywhere, and I was leading the race, and all I was thinking was like, I'm on the live feed. I'm leading the race right now. <laughs> You're but, like uh, waving to mom. So Woohoo! <laughs> that part was fun, and then I got lost kind of because the area was weird for a bit, and moved back to like tenth. And then from then on out, it wasn't fun until I got up blazing in. Okay. Again, it's it's got to be. I can only imagine that it's so different for a rider like yourself when you're in the front and you're. You're not just trying to ride this stuff. Somebody like Hunter, when he comes to a section or a hill climb, for him, it's something, you know, any, any, any obstacle he makes is another win. Where for you, you know, you're, you're out there to honestly trying to win these events. So you're attacking these kinds of things. So when you're, in, say you're in 10th, you know, you're like, holy shit, I've got to try to catch up. Like, how do you mentally kind of, like, continue to drive yourself forward to get to that point where you can push and be fast? Well, I remember, you know, I wrote it two years ago, so I got a little bit of experience there. And I I had a horrible start to the race, and I just kept kind of slowly passing and people picking people off. So I knew to be, I had to be somewhere near the front of the beginning, and being patient is huge because you can easily just blow up and expend all your energy and have nothing else, and you're basically in survival mode. And it was like a matter of, being able to pace myself rather was comfortable to kind of keep going and know that I wasn't about to pass out. And everyone kind of laughed and made fun of me when I said I was going to throw up apparently on the, on the live feed. <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious on the live feed listening to the commentators because they, they talked about that. I think that was Carl's Diner, Carl's Dinner, whichever they wanted to say it when that happened. I don't know what it's called either. Yeah, it, everybody says it different, especially even the commentators. Both of them said it different every time. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that happened, and then they're like, oh, my, like, every time you, like, picked up a spot, they, they went back to, like, man, and we thought he was going to die back at Carl's dinner, and the next guy, <laughs> and Carl's dinner, he was just about to die. Like, I was like, well, I mean, the dude just needed to have a moment. Like, just leave him alone. <laughs> well, I, uh, I guess I was, like, fourth fastest, they said, through there, through the Carl's diner section oh. or whatever. I mean, I, I had a good pace, and I could go – fast but i couldn't hold it like i said you know it was a matter of preventing myself from going too over the limit so i would ride as i i felt like i was fast when i would get going but i knew that i had to stop and take rest or i would be pooped for the rest of the race and i guess it showed i had just enough energy there at the end to get up lazy noon better or something i don't know yeah so 
Yeah, so, okay, let's talk about the beginning of the race because this was one of the things I talked with Hunter about. Now, you said you did get a chance to do it two years ago, and that's still back in the day where they had the 50 people up front. They said, go, you know, green flag. You take a 180, and you're going back the way you came, but you're headed all together pretty much shoulder to shoulder straight into a hill, right, into a hill climb out of, yeah. out of the pit, where this year we got a little bit more of a moto start in the sense that it's, it seemed to string people out a little bit more before you got to any technical bits thoughts on that better worse i mean it looked better but uh, i don't do their traditional start because the mine it's still a working mine so it's changing year to year and the walls that they normally have you go up it, it would have been not possible and very few guys would have made it so I thought it worked out well. I mean, it worked out well for me because the next thing you know, I found myself in the lead. But, you know, it was tricky because it was really fast. And then all of a sudden you go up the hills and you kind of don't really know where to go. You know, you don't want to spend all that energy, I guess. But you don't really know exactly where it goes till day of. So it was tricky. I saw, like, Colton go over the bars right in front of me. A couple other people were just going over blind edges and hitting stuff and I was in a decent spot right off the bat and I wasn't going to be here and win the race in the beginning you know and everyone kind of crashed and I just rode smart next thing you know I was leading going into the forest it kind of was funny how that worked yeah and and I think we noticed a lot of that too with Jarvis like you and you know Jarvis qualified 26 right behind Hunter um and then he was not up at the very beginning you were in you were ahead of him at one point too and then all of a sudden you know you just like Boom! All of a sudden, Chase or uh, Graham Jarvis is in the front, and you're like, "Wait, what's going on here? Like, where did he come from?" And then he just keeps motoring, and that engine just keeps on going. But that seemed to be a lot of what you did as well. Kind of once you got into that that top five spot, you just kind of kept, you know, you just kind of kept that pace as you were saying, like in Carl's Diner, you're like, "Go a little bit, rest a little bit. Go a little bit, rest a little bit." That seems to be the much smarter approach than trying to kind of hammer your way into the situation. Because even though it's, what, two hours for you guys, two and a half hours, it's still such a long event. Yeah, this year was way, way harder than two years ago. And it ended up being, I think, almost two and a half hours for Graham to finish. He was, like, on another level this year. And I was two hours and 50 minutes. So, you know, if it's a hair scramble, you can push at that pace. But when you're kind of fighting for survival, you got to uh, take your time and be a little smarter. But... You know, I just kind of kept pick, picking riders off here and there, and there's a hill called Machine that's mm-hmm. usually really tough, and I for sure passed two people there. I don't know if I passed three, but, you know, I was just smart and pushed when I needed to, and I wasn't trying to make crazy passes on anyone. I was just being consistent and letting it come to me almost. Yeah, that was epic watching that happen during Machine because of the fact what you, you know, there's there is a sp- you, you guys climbed to a certain spot and then you kind of took a left chicane and then a right chicane and everybody kind of followed that little goat trail that was there. And you, about 10 feet fur, you know, further down the hill, you, you just said, oh, well, I'm going to take a left here. <laughs> and and oh. then you made your own chicane and then you chicaned around everybody else and you're like, well, beast, bitches, I'm out. And just took, it was awesome. Alfredo was in my way and I didn't want to be a sheep and just follow the herd. So I made my... Yeah. Figured out my own way up the hill. Yeah, and it was funny because you could even hear the commentators at first. They kind of thought you were making a mistake. And then all of a sudden they realized that what you were doing 
that you could kind of advance from the from where you were at. They, they, they is, I think even they thought that where everybody was it, was, it was a goat trail, and that's it. You have to stick to this kind of goat trail where you guys were chicaning. But no, I mean, like, you know, you just put your extremely technical motorcycle skills to use and made a new line and then got yourself out there. I, I will admit that during the prologue, like, or the day before the qualifying, you're allowed to go and cruise up the prologue road, and I... I may have parked my bike in the bushes and done a thorough walking of machines. So maybe that's why I knew there was another, another line, possibly. I like it. I like it. I mean, the good thing is, is only like two or three people watch seat time, so no one is really going to tell anybody. So I don't <laughs> think it's a big deal. And, well, you, and you have your Red Bull hat on, which is like a Red Bull event, so they're definitely yeah. not going to tell anybody. Well, you also have to keep in mind that I didn't get, <clears throat> get there till Wednesday night, so I only started walking Thursday and some of the other riders have been there since Sunday, so yeah. I was a little bit maybe at a disadvantage. I would I would agree, and that still blows my mind. And one of the things we wanted to talk about, we brought it up with Hunter too, is the fact that you know two years ago, obviously this past year, you had a phenomenal World Enduro, um, or the Super Enduro Championship, where you almost got the world uh, the the you know World Championship there. But the year before that, when you were going, is when you were having the same kind of issue with school where you had to fly in really late, and it just would tax you so much. So did you even get a chance to really catch up, like, in any kind of sleep pattern or eat pattern or any of that degree? Yeah. I mean, I do my best, and I've traveled overseas quite a bit now, so I have, like, a little routine. And I, uh, you know, obviously I'm probably not at my best, but by race day I'm – you know, I'm feeling good and got a full nice rest and all uh, all ready to go. But, you know, it's not easy, especially with some of the Super Enduro rounds where I wasn't getting there quite as early and being able to acclimate. So this time, you know, I, I was ready to go by race day. That's good. Yeah. And do you feel that the more you travel and do this kind of stuff when you show up on those Wednesday evenings, you know, that it almost makes it easier that you almost kind of know how to kind of force your body to say, all right, I'm here. Let's get it. Let's go on. Let's get our game face on. Yeah, definitely. And like the, my, I remember my first trip to Europe, I was a little kid. I think I was, I wasn't that little, but I was 16 and, uh, it was a trials event and I didn't sleep at all the whole time. Like, you know, you go there, you take a nap, Taking a nap is the worst thing you could ever do. You got to force yourself to acclimate, and uh, you know I got it figured out pretty good now. And I'm not the best at sleeping, but I make it happen. And as long as I'm ready race day, it doesn't yeah, matter. I would agree. Okay, w- with the bike, how do you or what do you or did you change for an event like this from maybe your typical more kind of like bike you would have for TKO? Because we know the suspension's way different than what it would be for Endurocross. Um, and, and I don't, maybe bike setup as well. Yeah, the suspension is definitely different for Endurocross. I'm on the three, or the 300 two-stroke. I almost said the three-stroke. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's not out yet. They're, they're working. <laughs> I like it. So, you know, I'm on the two-stroke 300, and I've been riding the uh, the XCW or the EXC, whatever you want to call it. I've been running that, and it's it's actually really nice being able to uh, do that extreme stuff without having the linkage hanging down. And I've actually noticed, like, a significant difference from riding, like not getting hung up and I actually prefer it more now on off-road riding stuff than 
the linkage. So it's kind of funny to hear that because you know everyone's saying, oh, the KTM's got so much better when they went to a linkage system, and here I am a couple years later saying that I actually prefer the linkless. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people consider, and I'm not a talented enough rider to notice the difference, but the thing is, is with that dog bone linkage, they could make the rear suspension more progressive, but I think that doesn't make a big, as big of a difference for off-road, where that makes more yeah. of a difference, is in Supercross and Motocross, where they're taking those huge hits, and they need to make sure that they can ramp up correctly as before it bottoms out, where in off-road, we don't ever really get to those kind of very rarely do we get to those situations so I, I would agree I think the PDS is, 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 is the way to go for, for us in off-road is that the bike you're going to you know compete on for Endurocross as well uh, I'm still I'm going to race the same bike I re- rode in Super Enduro for Endurocross the 250F but I don't know they came out with a new the new off-road models obviously just recently so i haven't ridden any of those yet so i might go for a link list and test it but i don't know yet we'll see what happens is it nice to have that option it is nice it's actually it's actually wonderful i yeah i'm like as you're talking about that i'm like i wonder if this is the first time that he's really like talked about having an option like opposed to like here's your race bike (laughs) yeah here you go this is what you got oh that's gotta be so cool okay so back to Erzberg just a little bit. Um, you know, you were three minutes, I think, behind Alfredo Gomez when he got to Lazy Noon. It was either three or six minutes, but you, you were behind him. I mean, you weren't just, like, right around the corner. Yeah, no, I was behind him. It was yeah. about three minutes probably. You, and, and he obviously had a lot of trouble. You come around the corner as he's heading down, and you had no setup. You could tell you had a shitty run at it. It's like, oh, shit, okay, I'm at Lazy Noon. Whoops, turn around, and both of you guys then all of a sudden, I mean, it's just like, minutes upon minutes of you guys making these attempts <laughs> like just take us through a little bit of the mental stuff it, that you go through there i basically got there and i was like well obviously he's been here for quite a few attempts now so i can get him and then after two attempts i'm like this hill is freaking impossible this is stupid and every time i come back down i was just praying that someone else wasn't going to come and pass us on the stupid hill right and I was trying to do a little bit different line than Alfredo was, and I was trying to stay high in the beginning and kind of ramp up on the side, but because there was two big boulders down there at the bottom. Well, they weren't really boulder. Yeah, it was a boulder, but they weren't going to go anywhere. They were stuck <laughs> in the ground. To us, it looked like pebbles. To you, they were boulders because we there was were... <laughs> two. There was two that were just in the worst freaking spot ever, and you know they're they weren't they were huge. They weren't going to be rolling out. And uh, I was trying to stay high on the first one and carry more speed. And actually, like on the video, that that young kid from Britain, uh, Billy Bolt. Oh yeah, yeah. He actually did the same, he did the same thing I did, but he used a slingshot method and went back and forth. And I realized now I should have done that, but you know, you see the main line, you want to stick to it. Yeah. Usually, so. I was just trying the same thing over and over, and it wasn't working. And I finally, I was like, "Screw it! I'm just going to go on the rut, see what happens." And then, when I finally committed, kind of to the main line, I was able to get a good drive and basically ghost ride it at the top. And once I got there, I knew Alfredo wasn't going to be able to pass me to the finish, even if he got up there. Yeah, because once you kind of got to the top and you ghost rode it, as you said, and your hands were 
in that epic yeah. position. The, the picture I, I think was, you posted today. I was thanking today. the Lord. I was <laughs> thanking the Lord. Thank you so much. Yeah, you posted that today as a as like a comment competition, right? On yeah. Instagram. Did you pick a winner yet? I haven't. I haven't even. I'm like waiting to go through them all at once, you know, because it makes it a little more. Oh, I would agree. exciting, and I can yeah. laugh about it. Oh yeah, I didn't know when you were picking it. Okay, so so hey, if anybody out there, if you haven't yet, go to Cody Webb's Instagram. He's got his his most recent picture, and he's taking comment competitions for the picture where he's like. He just made it to the top, and the bike is ghost roading. It's an epic picture. So whoever caught that on that side did a fantastic job. Yeah, I don't know who I don't know who got that photo. It just it got sent to me, and I was like, oh, I got to use this. Yep, used. <laughs> oh but my gosh. To be honest, I I kind of felt bad for Alfredo because you know he he passed me straight up in uh, Carl's diner. He was really putting a big push on because he saw me, you know. So he did that same thing where you you push real hard and. I guess last year everyone said he was really fast through there also. So he got through it really well. But once he got past me, I I was able to just watch him the whole time. And I I kept seeing him and, you know, I'd make ground on him and he made ground on me. And I think it was at the – it was downtown last year. They had the same thing this year, but it was shorter. Mm-hmm. And I caught up to him again there kind of near the end and – uh I think he he got hung up on. He had to do it twice, so I reeled him in, and then uh, we went up to Dynamite, which is like another well-known part of the race. And yep. he was right there, and I just had a stupid crash. I think it was after Dynamite, and kind of lost some ground there. So I think I would have got him a little sooner, but I had to kind of mess with my bike, yep. in a stupid rock pile. <laughs> But uh, upside down, sweaty. I'll be honest, bleeding. that race, it was so freaking brutal this year. Uh, it was like, you know how, like, you know, starting up and uh, it was kind of before, like, one of the final forest sections after the downtown, after it was like the worst side hill camber of my life. Um, <laughs> I was set up and Andres Letton Beekler was, you know, he didn't race it this year. I lined up for this hill and my the front of my leg I guess that's your quad right the quad yep yeah not during the quad my quad just literally locked up on my right leg and I was like ah shit so I pulled it you know like the flamingo stretch to yes to stretch out my quad and then my goddamn hamstring cramped <laughs> so then I was like doing like this extension I like two times back and forth I was like kicking my leg doing this and I was like shit and that was the worst part of the race right there. Like, I was dancing on my bike trying to prevent the cramps from coming. So, Do you have GoPro footage of this offhand? No, luckily, no one saw it, I don't think. And, and Andreas was probably wondering what the hell I was doing down there at the bottom of the hill. But It's like some feng shui yoga move, just getting your, yeah. getting your chi all, uh, all together. <laughs> oh, and then my I, was gosh. Also, I was also running a... I like duct taped some goose and stuff to my handlebars just for energy, you know. Yeah. And uh, one of them like fell, but I it was still there, luckily. And that American duct tape really holds on strong. And I ripped it off and squeezed it, but I got a bunch on my index finger on the clutch <laughs> hand. So I'm like riding, and it was right before the second segment of Carl's Diner, and it tacked up real good. And they they changed it so. 
they they'll change little parts of the course after it's walked. So there's like a decent sized little step right in the beginning, and I went to ride up it, and I I realized my clutch finger is sticky, but then my I didn't realize when you release the clutch, it kind of the lever kind of slides against your finger, but it was just stuck on one spot. So I literally felt like such an idiot because I went to let the clutch out and basically revved it in one spot. <laughs> I'm here, <laughs> and I didn't pop the clutch, and I barely got up over the rock. And I was like, "Son of a god!" So I had to stop and like get my camel back and clean my finger and my <laughs> clutch lever. Like, what are you doing? I'm manicuring. So, yeah, leave me alone. Like, what are you doing? Go. And I'm like, I can't let the clutch out. My finger's stuck. <laughs> They're like, so what? That's that's two of my goofy, weird stories that happened during the race. That's about it. Dude, that flamingo story I really do think is the better of the two. I'm not going to lie. I understand that your pride was hurt with the other one, which is yeah. still funny. But my only fun thing with cramps in that is I got stuck. I, I, I cramped up so bad that my clutch, it just, like, pulled in my clutch. My forearm just, like, locked up, and my fingers were on it. And I was like, it. I can't. I can't get it off, and I had to pull off the trail because so I could let people by, and I had to like rig, uh, rip my fingers Fold off, your fingers yeah. back, and then just like, and then I realized I can't just like feather it anymore. I have to like be very diligent, and it took me about yeah about another mile or two to like work out that cramp. But holy shit, that was the funniest thing. But the flamingo dancing because of the fact you even said flamingo leg was like oh, it ingrained in me forever. Yeah, that is epic. It was, it was like it was just the worst because here I am cramping, so I go to fix it, and then the the hamstring cramps, and I basically was doing this extension dance trying to prevent it from. <laughs> I kind of had like to find a happy medium. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. Well, before we let you go, are you going to go back next year? Yeah, I'll be back. All right. You want to get that W? I can only imagine. I mean. Just the the whole experience is unreal, but you know, I I got second. I felt like I didn't fully deserve second, you know, because I got it like last minute that right. lazy noon. But next year, I got at least like contend for the win a little more instead of getting spanked by Jarvis. Thirty minutes? Oh, twenty minutes? Twenty minutes? Yeah, it was. It was probably more than twenty minutes. It was. It was. It was kind of embarrassing for everyone. At least it wasn't only me that he beat by. You know, <laughs> minutes. Take the positive with the negative. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. And so then, what's next? Like um, for you guys, I know you got enduro cross. You got TKO coming up in August, and then when you guys finally start enduro cross season. But between now and then, kind of, where, where should we look for you? So there's last dog standing in two weeks. So I'll be there. I'm prepping for that. And then uh, Red Bull Rocks and Logs in Calgary the weekend after that, which is a And then I'm hoping that I get sent to Romaniacs. So we'll see what KTM has to say, but... Hopefully they watch it and they remember that I was the highest KTM finisher at Erzberg and maybe that'll do something for me so I can go there and get my ass kicked for five days instead of only one. <laughs> we'll take that 20, 25 minutes and stretch it out over five days and see what happens. Yeah, God. That's uh, going to suck. Again. It's okay, buddy. Like that 20, 25 minutes would have been like 20, 25 days in my case. So don't feel bad. I mean, it's, yeah. it's all relative, man. And I know that. That's why I stayed home. 
It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> well, all I can say is that you need to finish your beer caps map because this whole time I just am going, my God, uh, he really needs to try harder. I, I think I only have two on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cody Webb, sir, I understand that you're a professional athlete and you may not consume alcohol all that much, but. I actually, I know you're like a glutard and all, but I, I have a suggestion for you. Go on. So there's this uh, gluten-free company that they make gluten-free pizza, cookie dough, and pastas. It's pretty good. It's called Capello's. Okay. I think they're based out of Boulder or Denver, but it, it's at some Whole Foods. It's C-A. It might be P-P, but it's C-A-P-E-L-L-O, Capello's. It's pretty good. I like it. Yeah, once um once Liam once we realized like once Liam uh our the middle kid our our second kid hit about three uh, about two and a half we we finally were able to do a lot of the tests to make sure that the gluten intolerance that he was having because he was getting like super crazy eczema and literally the only thing that would stop that was gluten I mean it was like it was when we as a family cut that out with nursing and all that kinds of bullshit and then within the house like that cleaned up his eczema but he got to a certain point around two or two and a half where that didn't seem to be as much of a thing anymore so you know uh but i we i still like good food so i'm gonna check it out because i like good food yeah yeah it's not bad it actually tastes tastes good and their cookie dough actually tastes like a real cookie and not a piece of cardboard with a little chocolate chip on it mm. you're you're winning me over here not that i not that i eat cookies of course because you know I, I train i'm on the on the almond only diet and <laughs> Can you call it cookies when you're actually just eating the dough out of the container? I don't know. That's a great question. <laughs> you're like, I mean, I really just eat the dough, so I mean, it's not technically a cookie, right? <laughs> I like it. Well, dude, I really appreciate the time as always. This was a very fun evening for us, uh, getting to learn a little bit more about all y'all's Erzberg's experiences. Well, good luck at all the events coming up. Keep kicking ass. And when you do figure out which bike, because now that you have choices that you're going to ride just reach out let us know so we can chat about it and uh, have a little more fun online how about that all righty all right blast all right go have a beer and at least put one more damn cap on that thing just for us okay i don't have any beer here you, can you send one to me or something it's worth it for you to just go get your own because it'll be like three <laughs> days for us to send you anything all right fine that's true <laughs> all right man we really appreciate it you have a great night dude all right see ya peace Awesome time, as always, with Mr. Cody Webb. I feel like we did a lot of laughing tonight, Stephen. Is that a good thing? I think we did. I think I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed our show this evening, and I hope everybody enjoyed it as well. Um, if you have thoughts, impressions, concerns, comments, you know, you've, we've got a website. There's a comment section. Put them on there. If you're on YouTube, put them there. If you're on iTunes or Stitcher, put them there. Good, bad, just whatever, whatever. Just get in there and tell us what you think about the show, how we're doing, what we should change, and maybe just, you know, yeah, yeah. what's your phone number? Sometimes we just need people to talk to at the, you know, at the, at the late evening of all the things that are going on. So what's coming up? Uh, next weekend, actually this coming weekend, June 11th and 12th, we've got the Dunlop Tomahawk 
uh, in uh, it's Odessa, New York. So we've got another round of the GNCC Series, round nine. And Caleb Russell is just kicking ass. He's gotten five in a row, which has been pretty damn intense. Uh, National Enduro is going to pick back up in July, July 19th, the Huntersville National Enduro in Minnesota. So I hope you guys are ready. It's uh, probably the place you're going to go where it's not going to be cold. Um, it's or not going to be warm after that. It's probably like the only place that you can find a little bit of that. Um, July nineteenth is actually the first day of us being in Colorado. Um, am I right on that? That just seems all kinds of wrong. July nineteenth is a like a Wednesday. Why would that be on the net? Let's uh, let's double check it then. I don't need to be talking about no line information. I'm going to go to the National Enduro website. We're going to go to the schedule. We're going to look at this. I am sorry. It is June 19th. I am a retard. I have moments, people. Everybody knows this. June 19th, which is this month, is the Huntersville National Enduro in Minnesota. So don't screw that up. Let's see what's next, though, because it would be something in July, I'm sure. July 24th, which is also is the last day. That's, that's go-home day from Colorado. So that's going to be a good time. Sea time adventures. Um, Start looking out, man. We're going to be putting some uh, some teasers out there for you guys for everything that's going on in Colorado. It's going to be a damn good time. Of course, thank you very much to Fly Racing for supporting Sea Time, to Kinda Tire USA for supporting Sea Time, and for SRT Off Road for supporting Sea Time. If you enjoy anything that we do within Sea Time, please go to your local dealer and support the people that support us because that is the best thing to do. Support your local dealer. And support people that you know are very involved in the sport. Don't just buy something because it's on sale. Buy something that's going to make a difference to the sport that you want to be involved in. This is the best way to do it. So thank you guys again for paying attention. I know the Shady Borough Enduro. We really, really want to go. But there's other people that can't make it happen. So it's just not going to happen. It's unfortunate. Soon. It's just bad timing on everybody's part. But thank you guys for paying attention. Again, this has been Seat Time, episode 210. I am your host, Brian Pierce. You can find me on the internet at Woody B. Pierce. You can find Seat Time at Seat Time uh, on Instagram. Our website is seattime.co on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Seat Time on Twitter. It is at Seat Time underscore CO. And then, of course, uh, iTunes and Stitcher, YouTube, all of those things. Find us, subscribe to us, enjoy the shit out of it, and we will see you next week. Peace.